0: Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to John chapter 20, and I'm going to read verses 30 and 31 as our text today for the lesson, the miracles of Christ, John 20, 30 and 31. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. The matter of miracles is the element in our Lord's ministry to which the most objection is made. There are many in theological circles today who deny that Jesus Christ actually worked miracles. They teach that the miracles of Christ reported in the four Gospels are just myths and fables or legends and not actual historical events. These people say that in order to know the important teachings of the four Gospels, we must take out the miracles and thereby find the real message of Christ. These people subscribe to a a couple of ways of thinking. One of them is called higher criticism, and the other one is called Neo Orthodoxy. And these people that believe this way speak a lot about demythologizing the four gospels. And we had to read this junk <laughs> in in seminary that the higher critics And the neo-Orthodox theologians teach. But it is impossible to remove Christ's miracles from the four Gospels. As we read the Gospels, it becomes obvious that Jesus Christ is preeminently a miracle worker. It is impossible to remove the miracles and have anything of value left in the Gospels. Take away Christ's miracles and you have nothing left of the four Gospels. Christ's miracles are interwoven with the very texture of the four Gospels. It's just as impossible to separate Christ's miracles from His teachings in God's Word as it would be to separate the body from the soul in a man. Now why do liberals and unbelievers... So strongly object to Christ's miracles. It is because God is the explanation of these things. And they place Christ as God squarely in man's attention. Paul says in Romans 1.28 that fallen men do not like to retain God in their knowledge. The Lord Jesus himself gave great emphasis To his miracles. He performed a great number of miracles. It's really surprising to think about how many miracles he performed. During his three and a half years of earthly ministry. Now we have record of the ones the Holy Spirit knew we needed to know about. Forty of Christ's miracles are recorded in the four gospels. The apostle John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit chose just seven of Christ's miracles to report in his gospel. And that's a great study, Arthur W. Pink points out. John reported how the Lord performed a miracle and then he told how Christ said in connection with each miracle, I am the bread of life. He's got an I am tied to every one of those seven miracles that he reports. In John fifteen twenty four, the Lord Jesus claimed that His miracles were special, that they were works that no other man did. The Lord Jesus warned that severe judgment will come on those who reject His miracles. Look at Matthew 11, 21 through 23. Matthew chapter 11, verses 21 through 23. Now, in this passage, the Lord Jesus calls his miracles works. Woe unto thee, Chorazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works, the miracles which were done in you, had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment, than for you. If thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, and thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shalt be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works or miracles which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. Well, in this study this morning on the miracles of Christ, we're going to look at three things. First, the definition of a miracle. Second, we'll look at some examples of Christ's miracles. And thirdly, we'll look at the purposes of Christ's miracles. So first, the definition of a miracle. What is a miracle? I had a man tell me this week twice, he said, That was a miracle. I was talking about something that happened recently. Well, a lot of people don't know what a miracle is. A miracle is the appearance of the supernatural within the realm of the natural. A miracle is an event in this external world that was done by the immediate power of God. A miracle is the special entrance of the power of God at some point into history. A miracle shows a power that is superior to the ordinary forces of nature. The miracles of Jesus Christ were striking displays of His supernatural powers. Lorraine Bettner, who wrote the the great book, The Reformed Doctrine of Predestination defines a miracle as, quote, an event in the external world worked by the immediate power of God and designed to accredit a message or a messenger. Now we're going to look at that and expand on that throughout the study, but let me read it again because it's really a good definition. miracle is an event in the external world worked by the immediate power of God and designed to accredit a message or a messenger. Christ's miracles did not fundamentally take place in the characters or the minds or hearts of men. They were actually done in this physical world and could be seen by the eyes of men. Christ's miracles were in the physical realm and could be judged by the physical senses. Most of his miracles were not done in private among friends, but publicly and also before unfriendly witnesses. You know, one of the things that always bothers me about these so-called faith healers, the things they heal people for are always something you can't see, you know, an ulcer or uh, something you, you cannot see. Uh, I had a friend in high school and college who had polio. His name was Charlie Poor. And Charlie was the most disfigured person I've ever seen. I mean, his hit the back of his head was almost down on his pelvis. His spine was so disfigured and his legs were so bad he couldn't walk. And Charlie one day decided to see how far he could get with Oral Roberts. And so he went down to the Oral Roberts campaign crusade in Oklahoma City and got in the healing line. And he got up fairly close to Roberts and four big burly men came and took him out of the healing line and said, you can't come through here. Well, that speaks volumes. Christ's miracles weren't like that. You know that man with the withered arm? Lord just said, reach out. And everybody saw it. In fact, his enemies got mad when they saw it. Well, there are four words that the four Gospels use in speaking of Christ's miracles. And it's important that we know these. Sometimes the Gospels use the word wonders, calls these miracles wonders. Sometimes it calls them powers. Sometimes it calls them signs. And sometimes it calls them works. So let's look at each one of these. The term wonder expresses the feelings of the witnesses. That is the effect that the miracles had on them. You know, look at that wonders and the term powers indicates that miracles were the evidence of God's power at work a miracle is not a violation of natural law when a miracle occurs another power is brought into play a power that's beyond the natural order the third is the term signs and calling a miracle of a, a sign means that it is a significant event. It signified something. It was an event with a meaning. And the Apostle John calls the Lord's miracle signs because they are significant of <laughs> Christ's person, specifically of his deity. In our text, in John 20, verse 30, John says, And many other signs... Truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Well, the fourth term that's used in the Gospels to describe Christ's miracles is works. Christ's miracles were called his works as if they were natural to him. His works. Look at John ten twenty five, John chapter 10 and verse 25. The Lord Jesus is speaking here. John ten twenty five. I told you and ye believed not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. He's talking about His miracles. Well, next it's important that we look at some examples of Christ's miracles. Uh, miracles appear as a natural part of, of the Lord's marvelous light. Just natural for him. They were done. During the three and a half years. Of his public ministry. Christ's miracles were publicly done. And open to the strictest examination. So there could be no fraud. No fakery. No deceit in them. Rather it was obvious. When a blind man could see. His miracles were not like the laughable miracles of Rome with her bleeding statues and her crying pictures. They were not like the so-called miracles of healing associated with the Basilica of the Black Virgin of a in Brazil where <laughs> Lindy and I visited. You know, that's the largest cathedral or basilica in Latin America and it would have been larger but they made it Two inches shorter than St. Peter's in Rome just to keep from overshadowing uh, St. Peter's where the Pope resides. But we went into that basilica there and we came to an entire room in which hundreds of plastic legs, arms, noses, and feet are hanging from the ceiling. I thought this is really weird. What is this? And each one of those we found out, each one of those supposedly represents a miraculous healing of a matching body part in some person. Now you know if that was true, the whole world would be going down there. Christ's miracles involved the healing of sick people in a moment of time. Luke five thirteen. Tells how the Lord healed a leper. Let's look at that. Luke 5.13 You talk about a miraculous thing. Healing a leper. And he put forth his hand and touched him saying I will be thou clean. And immediately, immediately the leprosy departed from him. Secondly Christ's miracles involved his raising the dead with a verbal command. Now you know if If you can read and hear about that and not be moved, there's something wrong. With a word, he commanded people to rise from the dead. Look at John 11, 43 and 44. John 11, 43 and 44. Here the Lord Jesus spoke. All he did was speak. And Lazarus rose from the dead. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus? Come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. All the Lord said with three words, Lazarus, come forth. Thirdly, Christ's miracles involved the casting out of demons from people whom they had possessed. Turn to Luke 8.33. Luke chapter 8 and verse 33. This speaks of Christ casting out a legion of demons from the Gadarene. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. He cast out demons with a word. Fourthly, his miracles involved his calming the winds and the waves in an instant and with a word. Look at Matthew 8:26, Matthew chapter eight verse 26. And he saith unto them, "Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. Now imagine you're on a boat with the Lord and there's a huge storm, waves going over the boat and everything, and He just said, He rebuked them. Be calm. And there was a great calm. You know, I, Brother Lee was talking about this in one of his messages recently. I believe that if I'd have been in that boat when He told them to stop, everything just went down and there was a calm on the water where there weren't even any ripples. Because it says there was a great call. Now, there are also, and I believe this is really significant, there are general statements throughout the Gospels that speak of the many miracles the Lord worked during his earthly ministry. Two of many examples of such statements are found in Matthew 4:23 and Mark 1:34. I want us to read those two. Matthew 4:23 first of all the lord performed many miracles Matthew 4:23 and Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people that's a lot of miracles then look at Mark 1:34 Mark chapter 1 Verse 34. And He healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew Him. You know, because of the almost complete absence of medicines and surgeries in those days, these miracles must have meant a radical change in the life of that entire nation. Many miracles... Bringing people back to hell. Think what a change that made on the nation. Let me say one other thing about those two miracles of Christ calming the storm. Uh, He rebuked the winds and the waves. That shows his sovereignty over the weather. Over the elements. He's the one that's in command of the storms. Well, let's look finally today and in some detail at the purpose of Of Christ's miracles. Now, when I began to get into this, I just kept thinking of more and more and more purposes of Christ's miracles. But I want to give just four or five that I think are very important here. What is the purpose of the Lord's miracles? Actually, well, I've got four of them written down here. First purpose of Christ's miracles is to prove that He is the Son of God and God the Son. John reports in our text that the Lord did countless miracles, but John chose only the ones in his gospel to help his readers believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Look at verse 31 of our text. John twenty thirty-one. These are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Peter says in Acts 2.22 that Christ's miracles prove that he is God. Look at Acts 2.22, Acts chapter 2 and verse 22. Peter says here Christ's miracles actually prove that he is God. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by Him in the midst of you as ye yourselves know. The miracles of Christ prove what a supernatural person He is. Well, since Jesus Christ chose that It is by his own power that he works miracles. He thereby proves himself to be God himself. Since since the Son of God made the laws of nature, only he can change and overrule those laws of nature. Only he who created all things in the beginning could intervene at his will in the order and function of this world. Think about it. The world is operating by these laws that God the Son created. And he can come in and just intervene and do something else. Turn to John 5.36. John 5.36. Here the Lord himself appealed to his miracles as proof that he is God. And this was the best evidence of his own deity but I have greater witness than that of John. For the works, that's miracles, which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. He who worked these mighty miracles was no less than the one true God. Christ's miracles differed from those by the prophets and the apostles. Christ's miracles were worked by his own power rather than by the power that was delegated to them. The prophets and the apostles who worked miracles always denied that the miracles they worked came from their own power. They were all careful to deny that they had the power to do this. For example, Exodus fourteen thirteen, Moses credited the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea to God. He didn't take credit for that. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. When Peter and John healed the lame man at the temple, they too quickly denied That it was by their own power. Look at Acts 3.12. Acts chapter 3 and verse 12. Acts 3.12. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? They denied it was their own power. When Paul healed the lame man at Lystra, the crowd was ready to sacrifice to Paul and Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas jumped up and they said in Acts 14, 15, that uh, we're just men and the glory for this should all go to God. Acts 14, 15, and saying, Sirs, why do ye these things? Meaning trying to sacrifice to us. We also are men of like passions as you and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities. But in John 15:24 Christ the Lord said that he had done these miracles which were the works which none other man did. He's talking about himself. First purpose of Christ's miracles then is to show us the divine nature of the Lord Jesus, the deity of Jesus Christ. They prove His Godhead, Godhood. Well, the second purpose of Christ's miracles is to certify His message and His mission as the Messiah. Look again at verse 31 of our text in John 20. Verse 31, These are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ. And the word Christ is the Greek word for Messiah. So these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And and the Lord Jesus often appealed to his miracles as proof, not only of his deity, but of his Messiahship. Here's one that I find very interesting. Isaiah 35, 5 and 6. Please turn to that. Isaiah 35, verses 5 and 6. Now this is a prophecy of the Messiah and His works. Remember this is 700 years before Christ was born. And it's a prophecy of the Messiah, Christ, and His work. Then when He comes... The eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. Now turn to Luke 7, 20 and 22. Luke 7, 20 and 22. Here the scripture says that John the Baptist's disciples Ask the Lord Jesus whether he was the Messiah. And verse 20 of Luke 7. When the men were come unto him, they said, John Baptist hath sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come? Are you the Messiah, or look we for another? Now verse 22. Then Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way and tell John what things ye have seen and heard. How that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached. And so what the Lord is saying here is, I am doing the miracles that were prophesied of the Messiah. Miracles proclaim God's approval on a teacher and his message. In the case of the Lord Jesus a miracle is the seal of God that certifies beyond all doubt Christ's message and as and his messianic mission. His message and his mission. Well, at Pentecost, Peter said that God had approved and certified or, or certified Jesus Christ by the miracles that Christ did. Look at Acts 2.22 acts two twenty two Peter said, "God certified Christ's ministry by his miracles. Acts chapter two, verse twenty two. ye men of Israel, hear these words: Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know. Peter just flat out said these miracles were to certify the ministry of Christ. Christ never worked miracles to satisfy curiosity. Remember one day some people came to him and said, Lord, show us a sign. He never did that. He worked miracles to prove his Messiahship and to prove that his message was God's message. Christ's miracles clearly certify or verify both his message and his mission as the Messiah. They were his credentials. right. a third purpose of Christ's miracles is to display his authority and power over the creation. The miracles of Christ demonstrate his authority over all creation. Think about it, over the physical chemical, material, and natural things. Healing the sick showed His power over disease. Raising the dead showed His power over death and decay. Casting out demons showed His authority over demons. When He walked on the waves without sinking, He showed that He has power over the laws of nature. You know, <laughs> you ever been out... In a lake, and said, "I'm going to try that walking on the water. See what happens." <laughs> you know how how utterly impossible it would be to walk on the water, and yet Christ overcame those laws of nature, intervened in the laws of nature, and walked on the water like it was a concrete pavement. His miraculous catch of fish showed his power over the animal world, and all the same thing was shown by. His sending Peter to catch the fish that had a gold coin in his mouth. Wouldn't that be great in order to pay your taxes? Be able to work a miracle like that? Amazing thing. Christ's miracles demonstrate His authority and power over all creation. Well, that brings us to the fourth purpose of Christ's miracles. And that is that those who saw and those who read about them He did it so that they might believe savingly in Jesus Christ. Christ's miracles were intended to lead to belief unto eternal life. Look at verse 31 of our text again. John 30, 31. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing is you might have life through His name. John 2.11 tells us that Christ's miracles did produce faith in His disciples. This has reference to the Lord's turning water into wine at the wedding of Cana of Galilee. Look at John 2.11. John chapter 2 and verse 11. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. So it did have that effect on some. Nicodemus was convinced that Christ was a teacher come from God because of his miracles. He saw those miracles as Christ's credentials. Look at John 3, 1 and 2. John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Some of the Jews who saw the Lord feed the 5,000 with five loaves and two small fishes Believed. They were convinced, and they said in John six fourteen, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. John seven thirty one says that some of the Jews were convinced by Christ's miracles that Jesus was the Christ or the Messiah. Look at John seven thirty one, chapter seven, verse thirty one. And many of the people believed on him and said, When Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than these which this man hath done? But the miracles did not convince all of those who saw them to believe. Even miracles cannot change man's depraved nature. Without the effectual regenerating work of the Holy Spirit, nobody can believe. Many who witnessed Christ's miracles helped crucify Him as an imposter. Many came to a false belief when they saw His miracles. Look at John 2, 23-25. Back to John 2, this time verses 23-25. to Now when He was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, many believed in His name when they saw the miracles which He did. But Jesus did not commit Himself unto them because He knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man for He knew what was in man. In other words, He knew that a lot of this was false belief. Christ's miracles were not merely works of power. They were also works of grace. Each miracle is a prophecy of the inner work of man's deliverance. Christ's miracles in the physical realm were examples of what he had come to do in the spiritual realm. Each and all of his miracles show his power and his grace in the salvation of sinners. And Christ's faithful preachers can take the accounts of his miracles and preach salvation from them. Here's what I mean. Christ's purpose in healing the paralyzed man in Mark 2, 10 10 through 12 was that people would know His power to forgive sins. That's why He performed that miracle. Look at that. Mark 2, 10 through 12. Mark chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. So the Lord preached salvation in connection. With that miracle. Then in John 6.35. When he had fed the 5,000. The Lord said that he is the bread of life. John 6.35. And Jesus said unto them. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. Talked about. He was talking about salvation in connection with that miracle. In John 11.25. When he raised Lazarus from the dead. He told Martha that he himself is the resurrection and the life. Christ's miracles place men under obligation to believe on him as the son of God. He who has power over the laws of creation must surely be thoroughly believed and willingly obeyed. To reject the one who confirmed his mission by such mighty works is utter insanity and folly. I wonder this morning, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Would you do so today? Trust for salvation in His person and work. Trust in Him as the Son of God who lived the perfect righteous life that God requires of all men and trust in His substitutionary death on the cross for sinners. This is the one and only way of being forgiven of sin and accepted with God. Well, that's the end of today's lesson. But next time, the Lord willing, our lesson will be Christ, the head of the church. Ephesians 5.23